What up, Scott? It's time for Nerdcyclopedia! Yes, <laughs> We're back! Again, We're and again, back. and again, and again. What's up, Scott? Hey, Sam, how you doing? All right, all right, all right. Oh, speaking of all right, man, how did you, um... Did you did you see that Dark Tower um, trailer? I I haven't seen it yet, um, and I really don't know much about the book. So this is going to be something I think that is going to be fun for me to discover along the way. Uh, kind of how Lord of the Rings was for me because I never read the books or really knew anything about it before those movies oh. came out. In my defense, I was like fifteen, so hey, <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't like like forty years old, didn't know. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. What's that? It's Idris Elba, and who's the other? Who's else is in there? Matthew McConaughey, Mister oh. All Right, All Right, All Right himself. You know, um, <laughs> it, I love about these ti- towers. These, <laughs> older, these towers stay the same height. All right. The the trailer looks good to me, and yeah, yeah. By the way, this is Nerd Cyclopedia. I'm Sam. And I'm Scott. Welcome to Nerd Cyclopedia. <laughs> we we got off on a tangent really early, you know, or at yeah. least I got on a, off on a tangent. We've been thinking but, uh, about this episode for a couple <laughs> weeks now, just <laughs> thinking about what's going to happen. I think we were talking about mm-hmm. we talked about Quincy last week, right? At the end, oh <laughs> at the man! End of the episode. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, the um, the trailer looks good, but mm-hmm. I was just reading comments on the um, trailer. They, they you know they were they were like the you know that it sort of betrays like the book and everything. Eh, I don't know, uh, but I'm kind of excited about the premise. I mean, it looks like a good premise, and I like the fact that um, that it's supposed to have a TV series that goes along with it. That's you cool. know, that sort of um, coincides with the actual movies themselves. So we'll see how that goes. You know, if that does well, then there's a possibility that we could get a Game of Thrones finale movie, and then oh man, well. If we ever got a well, that's that was George R. R. Martin's, um, you know, wish to have mm-hmm. a, um, you know, IMAX version of the Game of Thrones finale or something like that. That would be just heaven sent, you know, if that ever happened. Right. And as far as some of these spinoff, um, you know, tales, that 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 would be pretty, you know, pretty decent expanding the universe or seeing how the um universe was. It's super know. rich. Yeah, yeah, it's a rich super universe with a lot of really rich like mythology and history. All from the mind of one guy. It's amazing. You know? There's there's these YouTube videos on YouTube. Guess where <laughs> they are? Uh, and there's like a guy with a real quiet voice explaining all the stuff to you, like all the real crazy background stuff. Oh, and really? It's, it's like it's like ten thousand years ago, the giants and the humans came to an accord, and, and I'm just like, this is creepy. It feels <laughs> weird. I'm just like, imagine if you were like, you know, existed like, you know. Ten thousand years after the the setting of Game of Thrones, like what that what the technology looks like in that universe would right. be crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so guys, this week we got um the letter Q. 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 All right. All right. So we we we've done like you know all the letters so far, and we've finally come to a really a quandary. <laughs> <laughs> What do we talk about this week, and how long will the episode be? It's, it's quite, quite the quandary. <laughs> quite, quite the, quite the quandary. Yes. But um, alas, we do have some things to talk about in the letter Q in the sense of pop culture history and, um, you know, just nerd geek fandom. <laughs> and then we're probably going to talk about other stuff, too. Because oh, yeah. everybody needs just a little bit of filler. Yeah, yeah. And if you yeah. think to yourself, you know, maybe I don't need any filler, I'm going to remind you of something that starts with Q. All right. And that's a quilt. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Quilts have those, lots of filler, and people seem to like them just fine. Those things that your grandma used to make? <laughs> my, mom, my grandma made Afghans. Woo! We weren't a quilting family. <laughs> Not a quilting family? No, we were an Afghan, we're an Afghan family. Okay, my grandma made quilts. She 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 had, she had the knit, you know. She had she sat in her chair, you know, watched her soap, you know. Had the <laughs> she, she was a typical, a stereotypical <laughs> quilting um, um, grandmother, you know. So yeah, so. I remember those days. Sam, I'm going to make this quilt. <laughs> I know you're going out with your friends. I hope you're not pulling a fast one on me. <laughs> with the glasses, you know, yeah. down below her nose. Yep. That was my grandmother. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm not pulling a fast one on you. Oh, man. Yeah. So, quilts um, brought to you by. Uh, do we have a sponsor this week? No. Oh, okay. So, brought to you by no one. Actually, so since we don't have a sponsor yet, and uh, in the spirit of uh, challenging uh, somebody to end the madness and sponsor us. I will today be doing uh, an ad for uh, Euchre Playing Cards. Oh, okay. Hey, everybody. Aren't you really sick of uh, getting a pack of cards and having to separate all the nines and ups so that you can play Euchre? Well, I've got a product for you. It's called Euchre Playing Cards. They're exactly like a pack of playing cards, except they cost five times as much. And they only (laughs) come with the Euchre stuff. (laughs) So you don't have to waste your time going through every suit, separating out all the eights and sevens and sixes and whatnot. And hey, you know, who wants it? I mean, when was the last time you tried to do that? Didn't you just drop a whole bunch of playing cards everywhere? (laughs) I thought we were trying to play Euchre and not 52-card pickup. Euchre cards are going to be available wherever I am because I'm going to be making them personally. (laughs) So call today. Euchre cards. Sounds so convenient. Now, for the business people in the audience, if you'd like this to stop, please feel free to contact us at nerdcyclopediapodcast@gmail.com. Uh, also, you can get at us on Twitter, uh, or you can, uh, you know, you can see any of us. So if you know us personally, which is probably uh, a pretty good option for anybody listening to this. Follow us on Facebook, you know, yada yada. We're easy to find. I don't have security. Yep. Oh, to say. All right. All right, so um, this week we got uh, started off in the queue as Quicksilver. Yes. <clears throat> Pietro Maximoff. Yes, Pietro Maximoff, the son of one of the most infamous, uh, you know, uh, genocidal maniacs in the history of the world. Or uh, mut- a mutant uh, uh, son of Magneto. Yep, the son of Magneto. And he is... Um, is he the fastest uh, guy in a Marvel universe? Uh, was he created to be a um, like antithesis of the Flash, <laughs> um, I th- I or think, you know the Marvel's version of the Flash? I think he he basically fills the same functionality as the Flash, uh-huh. but he's never really been um, he's never really been in the A list, right? Of uh, Marvel superheroes until until Avengers two. Okay, so uh, that movie came out, and they did a diff- they did a version of him that wasn't really, you know, I mean, it really wasn't the comic type Quicksilver because he didn't he was you know there's no X Men in the Marvel the cinematic universe the cinematic universe yeah on account of the you know twenty years ago you could get the rights to the comic books for like six dollars yeah so Fox still <laughs> owns all the X Men but but uh, Quicksilver kind of exists in a uh, in both of them. Uh, but yeah, he essentially, you know, he's a twin uh, brother of uh, Scarlet Witch. Right. And he is, uh, you know, Magneto's son. Very fast, 
worked in X Factor for a while. He's kind of a, uh, you it's know, back and a, forth, uh, um, like a good guy and a bad guy. We'll start off as a bad guy, became a good guy, went back to being bad, and he went back to being good. So he's like, he's an in between guy. Right. Right. He's got white hair because he's <laughs> Magneto's son. I guess Magneto has white hair. Yeah. All the time, if you don't, you know, in the comic books. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those characters that's like, he's kind of like Iceman in that, you know, I, I think there's more that could be done with his power that he just doesn't feel like doing it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's more like, you know, he's like the fastest, so he's fast or whatever. Um, One of the, the intriguing things that I thought was done with him, well, and his sister was in the Ultimate Universe, they were, um, they were lovers. Mm-hmm. He was, um, you know, had a relationship with his sibling. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> of course, yeah, that is extra weird. But yet and still, that's what happened in the Ultimate um, Mark Millar um, universe, uh, Marvel universe with um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, and I believe he was still the son of Magneto, or they were still the like the 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 um, the daughter and son of Magneto, right over there. If I'm if I'm correct, I think you're correct. Okay. All right. So, yeah, he was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby back in 1964. And, you know, um, like Scott was saying, um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, they they he had he appeared in the second Avengers movie at the same year that he was also in the Days of Future Past um, X-Men Fox movie. You know, so it's kind of funny how the both companies use that that Quicksilver with two different actors at the in the same year. You know, it's interesting to see how they're portrayed differently too, because Quicksilver right. in the in the uh, <clears throat> the MCU and Avengers is seen he's fast, but he's not like he's not overpowered to use an RPG term, I guess. Uh, right. And then in the Fox universe, he's way overpowered, right? Yeah. Like he's you know, and I'm going to spoiler alert all the X Men movies, so sorry about this, but. He beats up, like, Apocalypse for a while, and he's, like, so fast that he can, you know, just infiltrate. He can just blow through everybody, right? Right. Everybody, even other mutants. There's no, like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody can really do anything with him. Right. But it's, it's, it's so that's an interesting difference in the portrayal. Something interesting I learned during research for this episode is that his middle name is actually Django. Django? <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Pietro Django Maximoff. Oh, who knows okay. <laughs> Wikipedia thinks it is. <laughs> Django, wow, Django. okay, huh? Which is why I heard, you know, uh, Jamie Foxx will be playing him in the next. Uh, <laughs> but he's going to be all blue. Most of the That's what you do uh, when you get an actor like you know, back quality yeah, in a movie yeah, like this. You just CGI the whole thing. Man, yeah, Jamie Foxx. He's going to play another um, character with some sort of lightning bolt. Capa um, uh, relatabilities or something. <laughs> For the first quarter of the movie, he thought he, Jamie thought he was playing the president too. <laughs> he had to get his All drawings. Right. That's how he can be yep. fast. It's really the shoes, right? All right. So I'm making fun of that movie. I'm sorry. I've got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to stop. They made those movies. They're the same movie. They came out at the same time. I love it when they do that. Yeah. Because yeah. inevitably yeah. one is awful, but that was special because Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down were both terrible movies all the way through. Terrible. Yeah, and they, they yeah they were the exact same movie. One did actually bid better at the box office than the other one. 
you know, I forget which one because it seemed like they were both the same movie. <laughs> it was, it was uh, Olympus Has Fallen because it got a sequel that was more yeah, preposterous yes. than the original movie. Yeah, yep, you're, you're exactly right. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. So that's Quicksilver. Hooray. All right. And we also have uh, Peter Quill. Yes, a.k.a. Star-Lord. Now, I'm not a big, you know, a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but, you know, their movies are pretty good. Um, I actually went to see the most recent one, Volume 2, and it it was okay. It was okay. Um, You know, it seemed like it was the same thing done over again as the first one. But um, Peter Quill is, is... um, I don't really have much on Peter Quill. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he was born on Earth. Ah, uh, yeah. His mother uh, told everyone that his dad was an alien, and she had uh-huh. cancer, and she died, right? Right. So, you know, that happened. And then, because his actual dad is like, I guess, uh, you know, a uh, sentient planet god monster... Right, which that, that sounds interesting. So he's half he's half sentient planet god monster, which explains a lot. He's got a big ego, like you would if you were a planet. So is this the 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 MCU um, version of the um, of I guess of his origins, or is this how he was in the actual comic books? I don't really know anything about the comic books regarding the galaxy. To be honest with you, yeah. That's why I didn't have a much on <laughs> <laughs> But here's the but, deal. Well, Guardians is, is its own thing now. And the in my opinion, because of how popular Guardians was and how successful the movie was, I think that's the primary interpretation of the character. Right. Okay. Also, I'm too lazy to read the actual comic ones. Uh, see, that's why I was never, re- like I said, I was never really into the Guardians as a um, property. Uh, uh, Marvel space stuff really didn't really appeal to me all like that. Even with the um, the Kree scroll, you know, all that stuff wasn't really appealing to me. So it was kind of odd when Marvel decided they wanted to make that as a movie, and only because it's Marvel was the reason why you know I took you know went to see it. It actually turned out to be really good as far as the first one was concerned. A lot of humor. You know, um, the guy that played Peter Quill, um, oh, I'm blanking out on his name. Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt. He's, he's, a, he's a, a, a delight because he came from Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, really good um, you know, character in that. And the chemistry on, you know, for the characters in that movie was really good. You know, who, who would have thought in a Marvel movie you would see like a, a raccoon, you know, a talking raccoon. And a, um, a talking tree that only says I am Groot, you know, every um, five minutes, right. <laughs> you know. But um, Peter Quill, you know, he was he was he was a, he's a heart of those movies. And um, it's like Scott said, you know, there that's pretty much the defining representation of what people, you know, think or see as the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sure it made like a billion dollars and now the new <laughs> movie's out. I'm sure it'll make. A billion more dollars. <laughs> and then the next one will come out. And it'll probably make... It won't be as successful. That's my prediction. It'll make just a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah Not more than a know. billion. It'll just be a billion. Well, I mean, I, I see cracks in the frame from the movie I just seen. So unless they do something, you know, radically different, like actually bring them to Earth, <laughs> you know, um, 
I don't see it as being as, as, as good as probably like the first one. But, you know, the first one was sort of like a, 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 a relatively, you know, relative surprise to everyone because no one really thought Marvel could do that type of movie. And they did. Right. Funny, right, so. funky space adventure. Set so in the Marvel Universe, where they get called a holes by John C. <laughs> right. So that's Peter Quill, guys. So yeah, if when we get back around the queues, we even have less to talk about. <laughs> 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 all right, what else we got? All right, so uh, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow. Ah, okay. Is uh, in the queues, and he okay. is a kind of like a social justice sort of. Superhero, which kind of sets him apart from maybe a lot of the other ones. Uh huh. And he's uh, he was designed in the '60s, right? And uh, his yeah, his big deal was that he was you know kind of an anti-establishment dude, and uh, he was uh, right. Is that right? I feel like that's right. That, that was like his re- his revamp when like, Neil Adams did him. Yeah, he was doing Batman. W- Wikipedia has his first appearance, 1941. Yeah, More that's fun the same comics. Thing as, like the Green Lantern, you know. Yeah, that dude okay. was like, it's like, oh, uh-huh. anything with wood can beat him, and it's like, just uh-huh. came out of like a, you know, I don't know. I, d- I didn't even know he went back that far, but yeah, the sixty version with Neil Adams is probably like the most defining version of of Green Arrow. You know, um, back when they used to pair him up with Green Lantern, right. Green Arrow, Green Lantern. But um, yeah, Oliver Queen. Um, the most recent versions of Oliver Queen, as far as like the the the, the TV versions from Smallville and um, what's the other show, Arrow, <laughs> have depicted him as a you know a rich a rich guy, you know, sort of, sort of a Bruce Wayne ish type, right. you know, since they could really get the get, you know wanted to use Batman, you know, as Bruce Wayne in the, um, on the TV. Anyway, um, so and DC was like, we tried that before. The tone was weird. <laughs> the tone was weird. <laughs> we don't know if it'll, it'll it'll be decimal with what we're doing now, right? But um, yeah, he was a uh, was he a founder member a, a member of the Justice League? I believe that he was, and um, so he was one of those superheroes that didn't really have a big enough following to get its own like right. comic. So what uh-huh. they did is they made the Justice Society of America, uh-huh. and uh, during the Golden Age, and so they would put. You know, those guys, like the Green Lantern, uh, you know, but like Wonder Woman, and, Superman and Batman were like, a, like <laughs> uh, what they called, um, honorary members of the Justice Society of America. Yeah. But they were, they, were, they were big enough to have their own comics. They pretty much did their own thing. Okay. Okay. But they did a kind of a mishmash during World War II. Hmm. And then, uh, you know, a lot of, <clears throat> what's funny is that a lot of those Second, like second tier superheroes, right? They, they aped a lot of the stuff the first tier guys were doing. Yeah. So like the like <laughs> Green Arrow had like a clown related uh, side, like a clown related uh, arch nemesis called Bullseye. <laughs> it was like a really? clown, but not Bullseye. Okay. Uh, yeah, crazy, right? Um, so <laughs> yeah, he had his own um, sidekick, Speedy. You know, which was Aiken or Robin, right? I mean, obviously he's a he's a pastiche of Robin Hood, right? I mean, like that's that's yeah. obviously where the the idea came from. And they gave him the Robin Hood beard in the '60s and, and let him go out and be kind of like the Weather Underground and sort of like a, a social justice terrorist, which is kind of the uh, I, I would suppose it's what people think of when they think of Green Era, is yeah. that social justice war, you know, 
pair it up with Green Lantern, who was more like a you know establishment sort of. Right, right. That was it. Was a good pairing back in the seventies. The whole Green Arrow, Green Lantern thing. You know, number one being green. Um, so it, it's actually kind of odd that they paired the space guy with a down to earth guy like that. But it turned out to be a really, you know, the whole brave and a was was that the brave and a bold or just um, no, that was just a Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yeah, they had so, their own yeah. series. Yeah, sure. they they had their own series. They actually did like some drug you oriented issues and stuff, some oh, really deep right. stuff. You know, back in the um, <laughs> in the sixties, they they really tackled some really um, down to earth topics. You know. Um, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen some of those. It's like Speedy gets on heroin. They're like, yeah, Speedy, you can't yeah. be doing drugs. But they're like heroin pills. You know, <laughs> like they couldn't yeah. go all the way because of the comics code. Right, you know? right, right. But you know, they 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 broached the subject matter, which I guess at the time was you know pretty decent for them. Um. So yeah, that's that's Oliver Queen, you know the um, the Green Arrow. Hooray! <laughs> uh, another cue I was thinking about um, is the question. Uh, speaking of on DC characters, he's another cue that I'm not too privy to, but um, he is a blank face guy with a um, that wears a suit. And is a detective like Batman, and a the derby hat. Uh, let me see here. Um, he was he first appeared in Blue Beetle One back in 1967. Oh, he's one of those guys. From the Charlton yeah. Comics people. They yeah, were gonna from the Charlton. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they were going to use to make uh, Watchmen. Uh-huh. All those Watchmen characters are based off those guys, so I mean, it's, he's probably Rorschach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Rorschach yeah. guy. Yeah, and oh, he was created by Steve Ditko, right. uh, co-creator of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. So that Steve Ditko money. Uh huh. Yep. So he's another old school character. Um, doesn't really get much play, but um, but yeah, he's he's a guy in a pretty long suit with no face <laughs> <laughs> and he punches you and he punches you you know yep so that's the question so all right what else we got um well there's the is the there's um we should quit we should do that uh no we won't quit uh well there's a lot of stuff the word quantum uh-huh features heavily there's a lot of stuff in quantum. Uh-huh. Um, for instance, quantum mechanics. Uh-huh. Sort of the way we describe how very tiny things operate in, like uh, electrons and protons and stuff. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's something. One of the things is you can never know, you can never know an electron's position and velocity at the same time. So right. that's Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, which is a really famous... So you end up with a cloud of probability of where the electron is instead of its actual location. Uh, it's the change from a simplistic um, understanding of the structure of the atom, where before you had the, um, the structure of the atom, initially before any of this stuff started, was as like a pudding with protons sort of in a cloud of electron, electronic like paste or whatever. And as oh, that okay. refined, it turned into more of a planetary model where you had a proton like the Earth and then an electron like the Moon, and that was how the hydrogen atom was um, that's how the hydrogen atom was, was conceived of. 
because they, oh, okay. they did some experiments and found that it had you know stuff was bouncing off. The it would uh, like if you put a bunch of uh, radioactive waves through a gold film, parts some waves would bounce off because they'd hit the protons. Oh, okay. So they'd hit like actual solid, but there was so few that they realized that most of the atom was blank space. Um, and then what, a lot of what quantum mechanics was was the uh-huh. description of how that pro, how that electron moves around the proton. Okay. And so instead of it being like the Newtonian planetary sort of model that you know uh, echoed what we saw in gravity and macro physics, um, the smaller you get, the less certain you can be of where something is. So the less mass something has, the less uh, the harder it is to pin it down. And okay. because an electron has such a small amount of mass, okay, you can never really know where it is. Huh. So you can find it, but you wouldn't be able to find out where it's going. Or you can find out where it's going, but you'd never be able to find out where it is. Hmm. I guess that's how I understand it. It's probably really wrong, because I do not have a science degree. <laughs> Hashtag like, uh, hate Scott. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. If you're, if you're a scientist and you want to send a long, brambling correction of what I just said, that would be cool. Uh, we'll yeah. read it. Uh, or I'll discard it. I don't know. Whatever I feel like doing at that point. <laughs> because um, we control this show, people. Remember that. <laughs> but a lot of that was spurred by Einstein's theory of relativity uh, and how the uh, you know quantum mechanics sort of took a refined Newtonian static view of, of uh, matter and time and sort of changed it all into a probabilistic, uh, uncertain uh, conception of matter and time. Okay. So there's not a... Uh, and obviously, it's right. It's uh, it's been tested. It's correct. I mean, there's a lot of different things like the uh, like GPS has to adjust for time dilation, which right. is something that quantum theory uh, projects. Right. And of course, they've the standard model of physics has been sort of proven right because of a lot of the uh, experiments that have gone on at CERN, which okay. is the big, the big collider. So that's sort of the current. I guess that's sort of what was current science like 70 years ago, which is about okay. what I'm capable of understanding, I think. Okay. That's about the limit of what I can do <laughs> without, without like, going to school. And I don't have time for that, guys. Uh, this is Nerd Cyclopedia, not School Cyclopedia. <laughs> All right. Quantum. Quantum. So there's also Quantum Leap. Ah, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Classic quantum, show. I like that show a lot more than most people because I thought it was cool. I, I, I used to love that show. I mean, Al, right? Al's like the coolest character of all time. I see that dude now in his stuff, and I'm just like, Al! <laughs> you see him on CSI or yeah. what was it? one of them um, NCIS-oriented shows, CBS shows that I hate. Um, and you're like, Al. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, which one's the leaper? Right, which one's the leaper? <laughs> so, so Quad Unleaves a show about a doctor named Sam Beckett, and he creates time travel in the year 1999, which, for the record, was the future when that show came out. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'm saying Al was on. No, no, that is Sam. Sam, Sam. That's who I'm referring to from the CSI, NCIS, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Universe. So, the, yeah, Scott Bakula, yeah. right? Right, well, right. Well, Dean Ambrose Sam. plays Al. I like Al. Right, Sam. right. He, had, he hasn't been anything in a while. Well, he was in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, he so was. So he played mm-hmm. one of the evil Cylons in Battlestar Galactica, the one that famously shoots himself in the head in the last episode. So right. Um, so, <laughs> so Sam Beckett in 1999, the future of 1999, uh-huh. uh, creates time travel. And the way you can time travel is you can jump uh, to different people's brains, essentially, and they switch bodies with you. And you can only go back as far as your lifetime. 
And Sam was born in like 1950 something. Right. <clears throat> so all the stuff's like a pe- so the show was essentially a period piece of uh, like a different period piece movie every um, every single week. So you didn't know right. if you were going to be in like you know 19 you know 67 or if you were right. going to be in you know 1954. Right. Or, or present was- day. Um, or way back in like the past, um, right. in like the eighteen hundreds or what have you. Well, you couldn't go back further than your own life. I think there was one they broke the rule a couple. Oh, of really? Times. Yeah, it's called huh. the string okay. theory, which okay. is not real string theory, which is in quantum mechanics and okay. much more complicated than I'm going to even try to learn about. Other than to huh. know what it is, which makes me sound smart at parties. Okay, uh, but so his his theory of time travel was that you could travel within your own lifetime, basically, and mm-hmm. that that was it. You couldn't go outside of that because it would be impossible. Okay. So like, he could jump into, like, the rules were flimsy, but he could jump into any person, right? Right. So he jumped into people that were, um, you know, uh, that were, like, uh, intellectually, you know, disabled. Um, right. He, he, he'd jump into women, which I'm not saying is the same thing, so please don't show the hate Scott at that. I'm just <laughs> showcasing that it could be anybody. And what was funny is that people that had disabilities sometimes would be able to see Sam himself, or, like, dogs would bark at him and stuff. Right. They could tell that it wasn't the same person. Right. Because the dogs are smarter than us. Right. <laughs> um, and so Sam so Sam puts himself into this because he was going to lose his funding. Okay. And he can't get out. So he can't get back. And Ziggy just keeps trying to send him home. So he just ends up jumping randomly to a place where until he fixes the timeline, he can't leave. Right. So he, you know, him and Al work to try to address whatever issue, whether it's something as mundane as making sure that. A, a woman doesn't marry someone. Like, oh, it's like, Sam, if you lose this race, your sister's going to marry that guy, and he's going to beat her up for 30 years, and then she'll kill herself. It's like, okay. And then at the end, it's like, oh, she doesn't marry him, and then he j- jumps out. Um, one time he jumps into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Like, this is near the end of the series. He jumps into Lee Harvey Oswald, like, the day of the Kennedy assassination. Huh. And what's creepy, this is really creepy, right? It's like maybe one of the best things they should have did. At the end, he shoots Kennedy, right? Uh-huh. And he keeps thinking he's not going to leap out, right? And then he leaps out. All right? Before Oswald gets shot, he leaps out of the other guy's body. Uh-huh. And Al tells him, like, the reason he leaped out is because he was, he's like, in that timeline, I guess, the Oswald shot Jackie Kennedy and John Kennedy. Huh. So he didn't shoot Jackie Kennedy, and that, that fixed it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. So that's creepy, right? It's like, oh man, you know, maybe he's interacting with the real uh, uh, time. That's crazy! Wow. So it was kind of one of those uh, one of those shows that was a little bit more um, like high concept. Yeah, it was a high concept procedural, you know, because of the different. Uh, most of the times, the the storylines didn't go past three episodes, right? Um. You know, it was either a one-parter or a two-parter, and that was basically it. Mm-hmm. The more intense episodes actually took two parts to, you know, to tell. But very good series. Very good. Um, he would always hope to leap back home, which was always the thing, you yeah. know. Never would. Um, never would. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forget how the, the series finale went or, you know, did he eventually get back home? I think he, he leaped into a, like, uh... Like a dive bar in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, or like Pittsburgh somewhere. I remember being weirded out by that because that's where we are. Um, well, I am anyway. And um, they would, you know, he was 
like there were all these characters of people he leapt into or had react, re, you know, interacted with in other leaps, right? Uh-huh. And then the uh-huh. bartender, you know, and, and this is sort of famous. The bartender is like God, and he's like, "So what do you want to do?" And seems so like I want to keep helping people. So that's how it ends. Ah, okay, okay. Right, right. Now they talk about. Um, well, that's one series they're not talking about bringing back, but that would be a really interesting concept to bring back again, you know, because I don't think there's really been a lot of science fiction that have you leaping into different bodies like how Quantum Leap did it. Right. You know, if they actually wanted to bring that series back, I would actually be fine with it if it was done in a um, in a real serial type of way, you know, right. not not don't don't do it the same way that um, that it was done before in you know, a procedural type. But you could really play with that. So you want to see him leap somewhere and stay there for a season and leap out. So it's well, not, almost not, like a, a seasonal like a seasonal serial. So it's like Fargo or something where it's a different story every time. Not necessarily a seasonal, um, but just something a lot more in depth and. Because I remember a lot of those '80s shows, they were, um, they that that was high concept for its time. But at the same time, um, a lot of those they really told simple stories. Right. You know, you 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 know, A B C. You know, A B happens, and then you know, equals C, and then that was it. So this is a concept that could really be delved into, and really, um, you could create like a good universe out of it. <laughs> you know, if you really of- wanted to. There's a there were a lot of simple messages. Like I think a lot of them, the message was like you know racism is bad, which is yeah. You know, I, I thought it was self evident for <laughs> last year, but who knows? Thought it was uh, obvious. You know. <laughs> I thought being racism was bad was was too trite for the future. But hey, you know I guess Quantum Leap come back. <laughs> Please come back, come back, Quantum Leap. We need you to leap in a certain president. Let me stop, man. Oh man, good. Anyway, um, but yeah, that that was a um, that was a great series, great series, great um, great one to bring up there. I really like Quantum Leap a lot. I used to watch it with my dad, so you watch Quantum Leap. Oh, so okay. used to be on USA for like eight hours a day back in the nineties. You know, because uh-huh. was cheap. The only other thing about Quantum Leap I want to mention is every time he would leap, he never knew what was going on. It was always like a random time, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he'd leap in, and, he, and something would happen, and then he would say, "Oh boy," like that. Oh boy. Know, so was going to go. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, I got another Q for you. Right. I got Qbert. Ooh, uh, one of the classic '80s or ar- early '80s arcade games. You know, um, now I just remember this 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 just being a bunch of blocks and um, a little pig-looking guy <laughs> <laughs> with eyes just just jumping on different or you know jumping on different blocks trying to make it to the top. Um, but I remember it being pretty fun for his time. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, Kubert's like the, the kind of the, um, the nerd video game, because like when you start playing Kubert on NES, like a nerd comes up and he's like, how do you want to control this stuff? And you have to figure <laughs> it out. And he gets like, uh-huh. I, he's like, I don't think you understand how to play this game. That's my memory <laughs> of Kubert. Uh-huh. Was that I was never going to be able to, uh, uh, figure out how. <laughs> like I was like, I guess I'm not smart enough to control Kubert. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, re- I remember the squiggly snake and mm-hmm. just all these different things to try to block you from getting to the top. <laughs> oh man, it so was, the idea it was is fun. When you jump on a cube, right? You uh-huh. want to change this color to like a, all the cube. All the cubes are all supposed to be red, right? Right, right. So 
When you jump on a cube, it changes its color. So sometimes you have to jump on it once, sometimes you have to jump on it twice. And there are some enemies you can that jump on the thing and change the color back. So, you know, they work directly against you. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's one of those sort of kind of complex games. So the idea is like, you know, making a path so that you turn everything the right color. And right. You don't unturn things colors. And then avoiding enemies is kind of how that works. So that's Kubert. Huh. Kubert is known because Kubert swears whenever he bonks his head or like gets hurt or something. He pops up and it's you know he swears kind of like Sarge from Beetle Bailey where it's like you know uh-huh. uh, ampersand ampersand exclamation point number uh-huh. seven you know hashtag. Uh-huh. So, oh okay. Uh, yeah, so Kubert Kubert's uh, a real nerd. Right there. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, we got anything else in cues? Sure. I mean, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff in cues. Uh, we okay. can start off with. Uh, the coach that blew the largest lead in Super Bowl history would be Dan Quinn. Um, oh. Who, <laughs> well, I guess, just forgot how to run the ball for a half. I've said so much and send him a memo. I'll tell you, the last two times the Patriots have won the Super Bowl, it's because the coach has forgotten they're allowed to run the ball, which I don't. You'd think that would only happen one time. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, well, the Giants actually figured it out, you know, and beat them twice in the Super Bowl. They passed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they rushed. They, they, uh, I don't, no. don't want to get on a huge digression about the, the uh, cheating Patriots, but. Uh, just, <laughs> the cheating Patriots. <laughs> I mean, I don't have an opinion here, but they're dirty cheaters. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, Dan no. Quinn did, um, he did foul that one up. But think about this. He was the defensive coordinator in that in that last game when they threw that interception on the when Seattle threw the interception on the goal line. He was their defensive coordinator. Watch that happen. Mm-hmm. And kept throwing, so he he kept should throw the ball the whole second half. Let him just throw the ball. Anyway, that's. But yeah, that's yeah. I, hopefully he doesn't go down in history as being that guy. Hopefully he gets you know. He, hopefully he gets back there and you know beats the Patriots or something. Not the Steelers. So I'm hoping. <laughs> I say the Browns, but you know. Yeah, they're not getting there anytime soon. So, yeah, Quinn know. might be gone before. <laughs> I'm just saying, Quinn might be gone before the Browns make it. <laughs> probably, probably. I'd say four or five no. years at, at least, right? Because you got a bunch of you got a bunch of promising rookies. I'd like your last two drafts pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's enough football talk for Q. Um, All right. So, other than that, um, there's uh, Castor, Castor, which is a okay. Um, it's like a treasury agent in ancient Rome. Oh, okay. And it's sort of the first elected office that you would get you on your way up to the top. Uh-huh. And Julius Caesar was known for being the uh, Cassiter who was uh, in charge of the Appian Way. He did a bunch of work, put himself in debt, but everyone saw what he was doing. And, you know, it was like mm-hmm. a big like Caesar billboard. Uh, and that's about that for Cassiter. Huh. And, then, of course, uh, the Q. You can't forget the Q, Sam. The Q. Quick and Lone's Arena. Oh, yeah, Quicken Loans. Yeah, buddy, Cleveland Cavaliers. Can't forget about them. They're trying to defend their um, their title this year. So I want to we'll see how that goes. When you have two 12 and 0 teams meet in the playoffs. I just want to see. <laughs> I'm not usually a basketball guy, but that's, that seems like that's such a compelling storyline. I'll watch the whole It's almost like a foregone conclusion, you know, that these two teams are going to make it. It'll be the third time in hist- NBA history, at least. That three teams, I mean, that two teams have met, um, well, let's not put the cart before the horse. They still got um, the, the Eastern Conference Finals to go to. But if, <laughs> yeah, but come on. If, yeah, yeah. But if they both make it past those, it'll be the first time in NBA history that uh, 
two teams have met um, three times in the finals. You know, so that'll that'll definitely end up being something. And it seems like it's on head to be a you know collision course for that to happen. I mean, it's it's also the rubber match that they're one and one. And uh, yeah, I really hope that happens. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Cavs fan, so I feel like I don't have to unjinx myself when I talk about things. So. Hey, well, you know, it's it's a like I said, a good storyline, you know, for or, sure. um, good sports storyline, you know. Um, but yeah, Quick Loans Arena, the home of the um, Cleveland Cavaliers, and um, I was actually down there last year when the, um, the finals happened, and it was a it was a it was a sight to see. It was a sight to see when. Now I wasn't. I didn't go to a game, but I was around the vicinity of Quick the Q <laughs> when when the when the Cavs won the championship, and it was a um oh man that was just craziness that night. Awesome. Oh man, I, I I just never forget it. First time in um in, in about fifty years that uh, the city of Cleveland had won a championship since the Browns. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-four, the year before the Super Bowl. That's that's the funny thing. The Browns could have won, actually won the first Super Bowl. <laughs> if it was a year later, you know that's 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 what really gets me. Nineteen sixty-five was when the Super Bowl first happened. Nineteen sixty-four was uh, the last time Browns had won a championship. That's that's crazy to me. So really, they've anyway. won nothing, no championships because no. nobody starts counting until nineteen sixty-five. Nope, not at all. They really don't. You know, <laughs> I've got a confirmation bias on that, so I'll cop to that. But all right, that's how it is. All right, so that's the cue. That's cute. Is it nice? Well, I'll just ask. Is it nice in there? Oh, in the queue? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's, also it's, it's we'll say decent. it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yep. Nice arena. You know, it was formerly the Gund Arena. Oh yeah. Um, or it was owned by Gordon Gunn um, before um, he sold it to Dan Gilbert and um, the quick because he, he's Dan Gilbert is a uh, Quicken Loans owner, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why it's named after you know the Q as far as um, Quicken Loans. So um, they do mortgages and all that great financial stuff. <laughs> Let me ask you a question: Do you think that LeBron James' second career in Cleveland is just one humongous, long, successful troll job against uh, uh, against the owner? Do you think that's the case? You think at the end he's just gonna be he's just gonna be like, well, I'm retiring now, and, and f you, <laughs> just get the, give him the finger and leave. Hey, I mean, at this point, LeBron could do whatever he wants. He got the city, he saved the city. <laughs> you know, he gave the city a championship, can potentially give us another one. Um, so if he decides he wants to to leave again, you know, more power to him. I'm just you know? I'm just trying to imagine him. Like if I were that guy, I'd never drive under a hundred miles an hour anywhere I want. And that's it. <laughs> just keep going. Like, what's going to happen? Well, the, well, that's such an odd thing to happen. Where you got a guy that you know, left as ceremoniously as he did when it went when <clears throat> won a champ well, a couple championships with an, in another city, mm. and then comes back <laughs> to the city that he left. You know, also ceremoniously. It's, you don't see that sort of stuff happen where the guy's a superstar mm. before he leaves the first time, right? Like, like no, when, you don't. When Harden left Oklahoma all. City, right? Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't some sort of huge, like, bad blood, right? Mm-hmm. But if Kevin Durant tried to come back, it would be hard for him to do that, you know, because of how right. bad that was. Well, you remember when um, Lemieux came back to um, the city, you know, to, um, to to the Penguins. I mean, it wasn't like how um, like LeBron came back, but I remember it at the time when he came back, it was it was felt like it was like when LeBron came back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for the um, 
um, for for when he came back to the Penguins. You know, he didn't leave like you know um, the 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 city. He retired, right? And yeah. then, you know, a few years later, how 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 many? What, what was the span of years that he came? It was like that two he or three in? seasons later, and he came back, okay. and and you know, then he ended up playing. He actually played a season with Crosby. He didn't actually retire until two thousand and five. Yeah, and you know, hockey players do play play pretty late. I want to say he was forty. I mean, he retired at some really early age. Like he retired okay. the first time at like thirty-two, okay, or something like that. And he'd already had like all the like he was third on scoring and everything all the time, and had this like incredible career. And then he came back. And then he, mm. maybe he came back twice. I want to say. Oh, he came, he came back came twice back again because he did. He wanted to come back the first time. Mm-hmm. And then he, he came back because he wanted to see his son see him play or something like that. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I, well, I, re- I just remember the first time he came back, and I just remember how the city was. <laughs> they mm-hmm. just could not believe it and were just way too excited. I was in a. I, I'm coming from Cleveland. Right. I'm not a. Um, they don't have a you know major NHL team. You're not used <laughs> to so, excitement among the sports teams. Yeah, so I was like, wow, really? <laughs> this guy? Okay, you know. So it was kind of aching to how LeBron, you know, when he came back to the Cavs. Yeah. Um, you know that jubilation there. So, yeah. Awesome. All right, so we're at 45 here. Wow, we actually got a we, we milked a little bit of the cues and add a little bit of filler into that. Just like a quilt. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just like a quilt. <laughs> Just like my grandma used to make. Oh. <laughs> Are you getting into any hijinks tonight? No, grandma, I told you. Going to play Dungeons and Dragons. All right, so um we got anything to kick out this week? Ah, oh, man. Um well. Uh I guess we could kick out uh, quitting. Quitting. You shouldn't oh. quit. Never quit. Nope. Never quit. Nope. You shouldn't quit. I'm super excited, by the way, that the Steelers drafted James Conner. That's like his deal. So Uh-oh. that's good. I think he'll be. I think he'll be a good player in general. And of course, this whole story is really nice, really neat. Uh huh. So that's what we'll throw. Out. We'll throw quitting out. So don't ever quit. Uh-huh. Don't don't ever quit, guys. Unless you know. it's unless it's in your best interest, then quit. And we got anything from Star Wars? Uh, well, it's quite gone, Jen. But you know, yeah. I mean, that's more a J. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars character of the week. I didn't really prepare one. I'll just love this level. Yeah. Okay. I go. I well, don't get a, I'm, I'm not going to get an A today for prep. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll um, delve into a lot once we get into S's. Oh yes. Well, we should, should we start pumping uh, up that, our we're, 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 we're teasing that. We're teasing that. You know. <laughs> That might be a two part. That will be a two parter, guys. Yes. So just be prepared. So S S does stand for special. It's going to be a pretty crazy time. Like, so yeah, a couple week, a couple uh, a couple episodes coming up will be part one. All right. So um, make sure you guys follow us at Nerdcyclopedia on Twitter and on Facebook, and um, you can email us your comments and you know. Um, Craziness at Nerdcyclopedia Podcast at gmail.com. And um, make sure you subscribe to our feeds right on the, you know, the, our website, nerdcyclopedia.com, and on iTunes and um, Stitcher. Yep. We're on both. Yep. The both, the only two ways to get podcasts, I hear. <laughs> and you got a <laughs> handle there, Scott? Yeah, you can get me uh, at Steel City Hitch on Twitter. Or uh, you can always find me on uh, on Twitch itself, 
my handle on there is S-C-H, S-C-H-I-T-C-H. I stream classic video games, and I speedrun them. So I try to beat them as fast as possible. As fast as Quicksilver. Yes, that fast. <laughs> All right, so um, next week we'll get into the R's, and you know we'll see what we could do with you guys. All right? All right. I bet there's more R's than Q's. <laughs> That's my guess. Take us out, crazy man. Yay, crazy. Crazy.